everybody. What's up? Welcome into Best on the Board Wednesday, May 25th. Michael Beller, Dan Santaramita, and Brandon Funston here with you to discuss Game 5 of the Western Conference Finals. The Mavericks stave off elimination in Game 4 with a dominant performance at home, hitting threes left, right, center, left, right, center. This team just could not be stopped from distance early and often in this game. Warriors did make things interesting. Warriors' second unit made things interesting in the fourth quarter, but uh, ultimately Dallas... Never really too threatened in this game, so we shift things back to the Bay Area with the Warriors up 3-1 to one in this series, and we'll take a look at Game 5 on Best on the Board here. Dan, good night for the good night for the Mavericks. I do feel like we are getting not only a gentleman sweep, but like the most gentlemanly of gentleman sweeps in this series. Yeah, it's hard not to think of that phrase when, uh, when we're seeing this play out the way it did, although honestly, this is one of those... This game could have, this performance could have happened at any point, and Dallas is mm-hmm. winning this game every time. When you shoot 20 of 43, right. <laughs> yeah. good job, you win. Yep. Move on. Right? I mean, that's just, that's just, <laughs> that's how it goes. That's just how it goes. And I mean, I say this could be the most gentlemanly of gentlemen sweeps, Funston, because of the way that Dallas won this game, right? They get to, they, you know, go out and what I think maybe all three of us think is going to be the last game played in Dallas this season and they get to strut around and they're hitting threes and the crowd's feeling good and everyone's getting into it like that is talk about the Warriors being gentlemen in this one (laughs) yes I'm sure that was what they had in mind Uh, (laughs) good season for Dallas I I mean I don't want to write their epitaph right now Mm -hmm. but I mean I think we all kind of feel like you know and we even talked about it that you know, there was a decent chance this would be a gentleman's sweep. The Dallas would probably get the game, and 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 they did. I, you know, I'm I'm gonna spoiler alert. I'm not giving them a chance of taking another one back in Golden State. I'm not either. But are we taking that? Are we giving them a chance to at least stay within the spread that sits at six and a half? As we are talking about this, uh, as I make clear on most episodes when we're doing this a day in advance, we're doing this a day in advance. So this is Wednesday that we are talking about this game five. The game will be taking place on Thursday night. Right now, as we are discussing it, the Warriors are six and a half point favorites. Two fifteen and a half is the total on this game. And just using previous games on both sides of the conference finals as a guide. This might go up to seven and a half. It might come down to six. The total probably isn't going to change. So even though we are this far in advance talking about the game, if you like the Warriors at six and a half, it's hard to not like them at seven and a half. If you like the Mavericks at six and a half, obviously you're still going to like them at seven and a half. It's hard not to like them at six. So basically, no matter what we, even if the line moves a, a half a point here or a point there, what we say here is almost certainly going to hold all the way up until tip-off. So let's talk about it, guys. I mean, it's pretty easy for me just to say Warriors minus six and a half. It's just, I mean, with the way this series has gone to this point, with the fact that Dallas got that one win at home with all those threes, with every single player on the team shooting the ball incredibly well from three, including our man Reggie Bullock, who easily passed the points prop and the threes prop on uh, Tuesday night. I mean, it's just like Warriors go back. This is just all the makings of the Warriors getting back home, taking care of business and moving on to the finals. So that's probably, as we sit here right now, my favorite play in this one, Dan, is Warriors minus six and a half. Yeah, I like Golden State too. I, I'm a little weary of, of Luka just having a heater and keeping them close. I, I just don't see Dallas winning this game, though, unless they shoot 46% from three again. They're going to try. That seems to be their their style, their strategy in this series is to just shoot a ton of threes and if they make a bunch they win some games when you're the underdog it's not a terrible strategy it's probably not going to work in a seven game series this is not the NCAA tournament so um, 
Yeah, I'm with you. Golden State minus six and a half. Uh, I'm curious if you guys are against the Luca uh, PRA prop after last game when he he went off. But uh, yeah, fifty two and a half is it. It's a big number, although he's hit it in three straight now. Yeah. So, uh, but that's, you know, I'm not so worried about the Luka going off thing because we have two losses of nine or more points for the Mavericks when he scored 40 or more points. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that the Warriors can weather that. They've done it and and can still cover. Every point matters. I like it in the sixes because I've seen, I'm seeing it seven, seven and a half other mm-hmm. places. So uh, take it for as low as you can get if you're back in the Warriors for sure. And that's what exactly what I'm going to be doing. Uh, like I said, uh, the first three games were all decided by nine or more points. Two of those were double digit wins. Mm-hmm. So um, it would be you know, par for the course for them to get back to beating the Mavs by, you know, more than six and a half points. I don't think I have a take on the total 215 and a half. I, I, it was definitely 215 and a half in game four. I want to say it was 215 and a half in game three also. I can't remember off the top of my head so much happens over the course of a few days that that's easy to, uh, easy to forget about. But I, I don't really have a take on the total. If I were going to lean one way, I would actually lean under just because, you know, the source of Dallas's offense this this series has been Luka going for 40, and then you hope and pray that we hit a bunch of threes. And that's not typically a great formula, but... Golden State's been so good on the other side that you don't necessarily need a Dallas Game 4 performance to get this game to go over 215.5. And, and so that's really the main reason why I wouldn't be, why I'm not too interested in, in uh, playing either side of the total. If I was looking at anything total related, I would probably look at Dallas's team under. That would be the thing that would most interest me in this one. And so yeah, I think that this could be another game where, similar to what we've seen in, in all, all three or at least two of three Golden State victories in this series, where they sit back, they say, Luka's not going to just backbreak us. We're not going to let him go for 53 and carry his team to a win. But if Luka gets his 40 and the rest of the Dallas Mavericks shoot 32%, we're very happy with that. And that typically leads to Dallas coming under their team total. So that's something that I do like in this uh, in this uh, Game 5 matchup. Now, the total in this series has been so weird to me because, like you said, with Dallas's threes, I mean, it's been up and down. It's either mm-hmm. they, score, well, they score 87 in Game 1 and then – only a hundred in, in one of the um, other two uh, the, the losses. After that, they haven't really had the big explosive games. Now, Game Four was over, but it just feels like uh, it's been up and down, up and down. And I don't see a strong correlation to that in general. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking the team total angle as well, but you know, you're looking at the Warriors at one eleven and a half, and they've you know, other than the 126-point game they put up in Game 2, they've been 112, 109, and 109. And then Dallas is at 104.5. They've been under twice and over twice as well. And so it's, yeah, I'm with you. I think it's the Warriors, uh, on the, you know, taking the side on the Warriors, but uh, steering clear of just the overall game totals. Yeah, that's uh, it's just been too similar to what we talked about with the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, the games themselves have all been – too different to really feel for me at least to feel great about uh, the way that the total would go in this so that's uh, that's ultimately why I stay away from it maybe end up playing the uh, the Dallas team under it's not something I'm playing right now I'm not rushing to my book to get in on under 104 and a half on Dallas right now but it's something that certainly is in the back of my mind as we sit 
about 30 hours away from tip-off in this matchup. Uh, props, uh, what do we, I mean, other than the Luca PRA that we talk about every single uh, episode when we're looking at this <laughs> series, which Bear's talking about because just of what he is asked to do and the fact that it's always going to be a, a funnily high number, is there anything else that jumps out at you, Funston, when, uh, anything that you uh, are liking already? For props in this game, I just the the Steph Curry rebounds yes. assist just just keeps cashing. He got thirteen the other night. It's been sitting at eleven and a half for every game. Now I, I now it's jumped to twelve and a half, which I actually like because mm-hmm. it, you were getting minus one thirties on it. Now you're more to an even minus one hundred five. Um, but he hasn't been below thirteen in any of the eight games he's played Dallas this year. He's been two one thirteens, three one four or. or Two thirteens, three fourteens, and three sixteens. So it's just been uh, it's just been consistent with that. I will say I noticed the Jalen Brunson over under on on re- rebounds plus assists is seven and a half. He's gone in in the in his last nine games. He's gone over eight times. He's gone ten, eight, twelve, and eight in his last four in in this series. So. Um, I, I want to see. I'm going to wait and see about you know same game parlaying those two because you can probably get really nice plus odds. Considering that neither player has gone under what those totals are in this series, mm-hmm. I'm guessing uh, it's a good chance at some nice plus odds on that and at cashing. So I'll be in on both of those. Funston always finds the the different props, man. Rebounds <laughs> plus assists, and he's got oh yeah, Brunson four in a row, eight out of nine over. I'm like okay, well. Got me convinced. Yeah. Hey, it's a good look. It's a, I mean, especially with the way they've been doing it. It's a. It, it's a. Well, seven and a half is not a lot on that on yeah. that combined. I mean, it's like, yeah, it really isn't. Know. It really yeah. isn't when you when you play the minutes that Brunson plays. You don't need to be particularly active in either of those stats right. to get over seven and a half. Exactly. And get a couple of rebounds fall to you. You handle the ball as often as he does. You're going to get a couple of assists. I mean, I guess the way Lucas scores, there's so much ball dominating. I'd yeah. love to see what percentage of Lucas buckets are assisted. I would say <laughs> lo- a pretty low percentage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually all the all the ball movement on the threes that maybe gets yeah. Brunson uh, his assists, right? But uh, that's again the, the Curry one is. I'm totally with you, Funston. I want to see that bump up. I would much rather bet over twelve and a half at minus one hundred five than over eleven and a half at minus one thirty. Like no, no yep, question about exactly. it. Exactly. And most books aren't going to let you. They'll let you play with with lines. They'll let you please and tease lines and totals. But it's hard to find ones that'll let you really mess around with any props other than like points. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You'd love to. You'd love to be able to bump that up and get you know plus odds earlier yeah. when it was at eleven and a half. You know, but yeah, they're not going to let you play with that. All right, guys. So we are all saying Warriors end things here. We are all saying. Correct me if I'm wrong. We're all saying Warriors cover the six and a half as well. Six and a half, seven, whatever it ends up landing at. Is that right? Yep. Yep. So then, good scoring nights from the Warriors. Steph Curry, twenty-seven and a half is the points prop for him. Clay Thompson that keeps coming down, eighteen and a half. Uh, Draymond Green's at eight and a half. Andrew Wiggins is at sixteen and a half. Obviously, if they're going to cover six and a half, at least one of those dudes is going over. I mean, is it? Do we just say, oh, God? Uh, for me, it's Steph or no one. Like I, I, you guys know, I don't trust Clay. And just we talked about Wiggins after the big game three that he had, and just the way he gets his scoring, it's hard to trust him as an over sort of player. Uh, we know that one, probably two guys goes over, but the only one I feel comfortable with Funston is Steph. 
here's the here's the deal. I'm not completely ruling out just a a, a Warriors blowout here. Mm-hmm. And this is what scares me with the with the biggest stars in the game is sure. the pot- the potential. We've seen it a few times uh, in in the other playoff mm-hmm. series. Is fourth quarter sits, you know. But Bunston, <laughs> and, you know the you know you know this familiar refrain from the fantasy football world. How often do we get asked? Uh, oh, but the Bills are gonna kill the Jets. Should I really play? Josh Allen over blah blah blah. It's like, well, if the Bills killed the Jets, they're probably Josh Allen's probably going to have a lot to do with that. So, wouldn't <laughs> hey, Steph Curry have a lot to do with it being a blowout? Yes and no. And also in football, it's very rare that you sit a, a starting quarterback for an entire quarter. Like it, sometimes you don't ever see him get sat at all in blowouts. You know, maybe they'll turn and hand the ball off a lot more, but. Um, I don't know. I, I I'm just I'm leery of that. In the back of my mind, I'm I'm feeling there's a there's a decent percentage chance of a blowout. And as we talked about earlier, man, if the Warriors can can close this thing down and get that Boston Miami game go or Miami series going seven, mm-hmm. like let's just start the rest as quickly as we can and, and get fully prepared. So uh, I I do think they would take it easy on the stretch. But yeah, that's why I don't know. I mean, when Curry hit on the over rebounds and assists. Um, but not the points in that game when he sat the entire fourth right. quarter earlier in the right. series. So that's why I'm sticking with those because those have been tried and true. The points have been a little bit more fickle. I, I, I mean, I think I'm with you, especially with how good those those plays have come and how good I feel about the Warriors at, at covering the six and a half. Like we we talk about it a bunch. Like some, sometimes the best bets are the ones you don't make, or sometimes the best <laughs> decisions you make with your betting portfolio is saying, you know what, I don't need to play this game, or you know what, one bet is totally fine. And I really don't feel – I do not feel um, uh, like a a rush to get in on almost anything in this game other than the Warriors and Funston, uh, the Funston special because of how bankable <laughs> that Curry uh, rebounds plus assists prop has been and the fact that it still sits at a number that he has yet to come under in any matchup against Dallas this season. I, I look at those two and I dust my hands off and say, I'm fine just playing those two and letting things play out the way I think they're going to. The thing for me in this game, I have, I have two things on the props. For, for one, I want to go back to Kevon Looney. I'm I'm stubborn about this one. <laughs> I The thing is, he got a lot of action early in, in game four. He got to the line a couple times. He had a few points early. The number's eight and a half. So when you get three points in the first quarter, like, oh, that's a good start. you know. Yeah. And uh, the problem is when it became a Dallas blowout, Golden State got – and Kerr has mentioned this. I think it was game, was game two when they were down big. They were a little – panicky almost or not not compose and rush some shots and Looney only gets the ball when they have ball movement right they dump it into Draymond Draymond finds Looney easy layup right that worked really well in the first three games and when they they got blown out they kind of went away from from running their best offense I thought and that was why it got even more out of hand it's down I'm seeing seven and a half now so it's down a point I like it again the other thing with props is do you and this is I don't know I don't watch the Warriors regularly enough to know Steve Kerr's rotation patterns, but do you think he's gonna switch around after how game four ended and give that bench lineup a few more minutes? Does that play in at all? Is he just gonna go back to what he does normally? I assume he goes back to what he does normally. I would think that he wouldn't mind getting the bench some run if it does end up playing out. Uh, in the fashion that we are expecting, at least, you know, in a, in a game where the Warriors cover six and a half, they are almost certainly going to spend a good chunk of that game with the Mavericks at arm's length. And so I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me to see him get those guys a little bit more run 
than he typically would, a little bit more run than he typically would, just in preparation for Boston uh, Miami winner. Not only because you're getting Steph and Clay and Draymond some rest, but seven game series against you know the the best team that Golden State has played to this point, regardless of if it's Boston or Miami, that will be the best team Golden State has played in the playoffs for an extended period. You're probably going to need some of those guys to show up, you know, just for a, a stretch here or there. And so it wouldn't be a bad idea, especially coming off like that unit's got to be feeling pretty good about the way it played in Game Four. So coming off yeah. that game, give them a little bit more before you're going into what would be at least a days long break, a couple of days off. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they got a little bit more time and that's contingent on us being right and Golden State having comfortable breathing room for a good stretch of this game. Yeah, I'm just, I was trying to, yeah, I'm trying to imagine who's going, in, in the event of a blowout or a big game, who is going to stay in, you know, and play? And, and I, I, I guess I come back to Andrew Wiggins. I might explore Wiggins. a little bit on him. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he, you know, the first three games, I think he was like, 38, 39 minutes in each one of them, mm-hmm. uh, and he was down to 30 in this last one. But if we think it's going to be another Warriors win, well, we have we know that Wiggins has been out there mm-hmm. in those in those victories for a long period of time. So 16 and a half on the points, that was something he was kind of doing with regularity before this last game, maybe. Um, but again, I think it's a well-positioned line, and, mm-hmm. it's, and it's points plus rebounds is 23 and a half. We were in on the PRA uh, in, in this game, and it didn't come close, but um, I think it's, to me, that just feels right on the line and kind of a coin flip and, and uh, another one that I, you know, I just can't talk myself into. Who becomes more interesting if that does end up happening? If it, we do get some Warriors second or second and a half unit uh, in, this, uh, in this game five, like Moses Moody? Jordan, Jordan Poole. Poole. Yeah, he yeah. seems to be the one yeah. they leave in a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. I loved Moses Moody at Arkansas. Would have loved to have seen him there <laughs> one more year. I mean, that dude was that dude was awesome. I loved him coming out of college. I would have I would have loved to see him back there with uh, I mean, another Elite Eight trip for Eric Musselman this past season. I would have loved to have seen Moses Moody still there. But, hey, we don't get to choose those things, and we shouldn't get to choose those things. Uh, really quick, while we're here, I mean, I'll tack it on to the end of the episode so people who have already gotten a solid 18 and a half minutes out of what we think about Game 5 uh, don't really care uh, about this uh, having to be something they skip through. But we are talking about this seven hours in advance of Game 5 the Eastern Conference Finals. We do have a full episode on that. It's just uh, an episode or two back in the feed here. So if you want our full take on it, you can get it there. When we talked about it, it was Celtics minus one and a half, 203 and a half was the total. Uh, that was when we discussed it yesterday. Uh, 203 and a half was still the total on it, but we are now up to Celtics minus two and a half, guys. So, you know, that's why we talk about these way in advance because I was on the Celtics minus one and a half. So now it's like, oh, two and a half. Look at this great value I've got. I've got closing line value now regardless of what happens. So, I, I mean, closing line value is a bit like uh, Bitcoin. I can't really do anything with it, <laughs> but I do have it. I do have it. I've got that closing line value. I still, I still, if I have not placed a bet yet, I still do like the Celtics minus two and a half. I assume you guys both still like the Heat, right? If you liked them at plus one and a half, there's no reason to not like them at plus two and a half. Well, I just like the money line a lot more because you, now you're getting plus 120 for it so um yeah hold out let this thing continue to move in boston's (laughs) favor and take that miami money line in the end that's that's my move 
Hey, as long as they score 204 points, that's all. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was, your, that was your play. That was your play. Right? So, yeah, Dan, you're just sitting yeah. back saying, score, score, score. Let's do it. Let's do it. And, so. and we're, we're still in on the Max Struess, uh, you know, snowball oh, rebound, just like Reggie Bullock. Just uh, like Reggie Bullock. Game. Max Struess and Reggie Bullock are rebound reclamation projects. One bad game, get right in on them because that next game feels like it's going to be good. That should be a great game, like I said, about seven hours away from when we are saying these exact words. Game five of the Eastern Conference. Finals game five of the Western Conference Finals, where we spent the majority of our time in this episode. That's taking place tomorrow, and we all think the Warriors close it out and move on to the NBA Finals with that game five victory. That's going to do it for this episode of Best on the Board. Thanks so much for listening. For Funston and Dan, I am Michael Beller. Good luck. Happy betting.